0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Friends of the Force. I'm your host, Sarah. And I'm your host, Brad. And on today's episode, we bring you an exciting interview from the world of books. Surprise. (laughs) I bet you weren't expecting that one, guys. Uh, From DK's recent slate of encyclopedias. We recently had Emily Shkukani to talk about uh, Dawn of Rebellion. And now we bring you an interview with authors Amy Rickow and Megan Krause of Not only is it books, but it's the High Republic, baby. The High Republic Character Encyclopedia.
1: Yeah, this was one of our most anticipated releases of last year because you and I do love taking copious amounts of notes for the High Republic.
0: We Uh, have been known.
1: Yeah. And especially when we started out in Light of the Jedi, there were so many characters to keep track of uh, and to now have them all in one place, I think is amazing with biographies, uh, with their heights, with their pronouns with fun facts about them like this book has everything and I think if you are deep in the lore of the High Republic it is for you if you're trying to get your feet wet a little bit with the High Republic and see what it's all about this is something you might want to peruse and see if any characters stick out to you and maybe you want to try a book out I don't know it's for everybody honestly and um, to finally have it in book form all in one place uh, is pretty special and it includes many of our favorites
0: All of our favorites, literally all of them, literally all of
1: them, even Kevin Tarr. Yeah, he's in there. All of
0: our favorites. And then (laughs) everybody else's favorites, too, because it is pretty comprehensive. It is an awesome, awesome book.
1: Yeah. If you don't know uh, Megan and Amy's previous work, uh, Megan has written for Den of Geek, uh, Star Wars Insider. uh, And now this is her first book, uh, official book for Star Wars, which is very, very exciting. Uh, Amy has also contributed to Star Wars books in the past, including Star Wars Timelines, uh, Star Wars I'm Your Father. And last time she was on the podcast was for Star Wars I Love You, I Know, which is almost uh, three years ago. Wow. Uh, And Amy has also written for Star Wars Insider uh, and uh, contributed to StarWars.com. It's really amazing to have both of them on the podcast today to talk about this special book. And we hope that you enjoy the conversation.
0: So without further ado, let's turn it over to our interview with Amy Rickow and Megan Kraus.
1: We are so honored to be joined by Megan Krause and Amy Rickow. Welcome to Friends of the Force. We're so happy to have you and to talk about The High Republic, which is exciting.
2: Yay! Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much.
1: Now that The High Republic Character Encyclopedia has been on bookshelves for a little over a month at this point, how does it feel to have that out there in the world, people are perusing it and and trying to find their favorite characters and favorite places and groups. What, what are the emotions that are going through your guys'
3: minds? Uh, it's always surreal to see pictures of people have the book like in their hands, like when you have only seen like a PDF of it. And like, it's been months and months since like you've touched it. Like that moment is always really, really surreal. It just never really um, gets old. Uh, and people were so lovely about being so excited for this book, particularly like that. It was really, really great for people who like were fans of a very specific character to like open up exactly to that page. Like that was a really fun thing to see.
2: It's been really amazing as a first book. Um, This is my first book that will be a somewhat permanent resident in bookstores as opposed to magazine articles. And I hunted down several copies in the wild just to look at them. And people have been so kind about it. I, totally kind of coincidentally, I'm not on Twitter as much anymore at the same time as my book is coming out. So I may not have gotten the complete Twitter experience, but people have been really enthusiastic as as Amy said.
0: It's always like, I think so exciting, especially within the High Republic community, because the High Republic fandom is so enthusiastic about everything, and it's—I I find it a delightful place to be online. So, um, I—I'm always excited when a new book comes out, and everybody's got it. And I didn't even author any of these books. I'm just—I'm just here.
3: It, I mean, it was really apparent um, in London at the last Star Wars celebration. Like the High Republic community was like—they were there in force. They were excited. You know, like they like you know, someone asked me for a selfie on the airplane home, like you know because they were excited about the High Republic character encyclopedia. I was like, I will never be as famous as I am like for this weekend, like the rest of my life. Um, so it was that 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 really kind of made it even more exciting because I got to meet so many High Republic fans in person at that event,
0: yeah. Star Wars Celebration can't be beat in my opinion. It's the best. Sometimes I
1: feel like the High Republic fans are having the most fun, you know, especially when you're at the, those panels, you're just like, ah, oh, this, is, this is great. <laughs>
2: I love, I mean, because I am one of these fans as well, I love when fans get attached to really specific side characters. And there's, I had a great sense of responsibility over some of the characters here, or not over them, but over like the portrayal of them, because I knew fans are going to be looking for, they're going to flip right to their character, you know? And that's such a fun experience. And I want that to be good for the people who read this book who love The High Republic.
0: I can say, at least for me, As I was slipping through it, I had that experience. I was like, yes, yes, love of my life. (laughs) Very aggressively, but like very positively. we always kind of start the podcast uh you know getting to hear about people's star wars stories and amy we did have you on a couple years ago uh with the release of i love you star wars i love you i know um we got to hear a little bit about your star wars journey starting with return of the jedi uh and megan this is your first time joining us so we'd love to know more about uh you know when you became a fan of star wars and what's been overall your personal history with star wars So
2: I recall seeing Return of the Jedi as a child, but very briefly, and it is not when I became a fan. um, I saw the scene with the droids being tortured in Jabba's palace, and it frightened me so much that it became one of those childhood scenes that you can't remember whether it was a nightmare or something that you'd actually seen, (laughs) Um, but then (laughs) if you... Fast forward to the 2000s, I saw the trailers for Attack of the Clones, and I was so fascinated by the world building that trailer implied by Coruscant and by the creatures. Um, I told a friend I was excited about it, and she was like shocked to learn I'd never seen the original trilogy. I'm still not entirely sure how that happened, actually. Um, But we so we watched those, and then a lot of things happened at the same time. I loved the originals. I loved Attack of the Clones and The Phantom Menace. I read the Throne books and the Jedi Academy books and the New Jedi Order all in as quick succession as I possibly could. Um, the first Star Wars fiction I remember reading was an insider story called Emissary of the Void Part 4 by Greg Keyes. And I always laugh about this when people ask me where to start with Star Wars books because like, I can give them good answers. But the first three parts of Emissary of the Void were in a different magazine that I had not read. And I loved the part of the story that I read. So I believe in jumping in anywhere. Um, And then I just sort of stayed and I had a lot of Star Wars opinions. And eventually I had enough opinions that someone decided to pay me for them. And then I started working for
0: Den of Geek and kind of went on from there. It's not a bad place to be in to have enough opinions that people want to pay you for them.
2: (laughs) Yes. And that was... um, I was very much in support of women in the Star Wars community and female characters and kind of made a niche there. And the community of people who were invested in that in particular were, made that a really good time to get into fandom.
1: Amy, uh, Sarah had mentioned it as well. Uh, you were last on the show three years ago and like honing in on each of your journeys with the High Republic. I think Christina points it out in the foreword that this storytelling initiative came at a very tumultuous time in our lives. Sarah and I definitely relate because we were down in the dumps during uh, COVID. And and this is something that we had all to look forward to. Um, so as we're reflecting on the anniversary for both of you and Amy, we can start with you. Um, what has this era, the High Republic, meant to each of you?
3: Yeah, it's really interesting looking back um, because... My first book was Star Wars I Love you I know and I got that job in the summer of 2020. And I mean I was like literally playing Animal Crossing in my patio like it was like such a 2020 kind of you know like cliche of a memory and that really like made that year obviously much you know better It gave me like it was like a goal that I've been working towards for so long and you know the idea of the High Republic, you know, a new era of Star Wars, like doesn't pop up, you know, every day, like something that's very, very publishing, focusing, focused, you know, doesn't pop up every day. And so all of those things were very, you know, exciting to me. And I remember when they were talking about, you know, what was, what was going to be a part of the High Republic that they, you know, they mentioned that there were going to be some nonfiction books and they had some of the publishers, you know, like that, you know, that, you know, they consistently worked with, And I was like, man, like, that would be so amazing. Like if I ever got, you know, I like literally remember like thinking like it would be so amazing to be able to write something about that era. And so when I got this job, like it literally was like, you know, it was just a huge, huge moment because I think that it is a really special, special thing. It's so author centric that, you know, to be writing about something that like, you know, all these other authors are creating so much like. I, you know, I always feel like every time I get a job like in Star Wars, I'm like, whew, I didn't screw up that last one. You know, like it doesn't matter like what it is like. I'm always like, OK, OK, so like no, like everybody doesn't hate me like it's going to be fine. You know, like you just have these like ridiculous like no matter how many things you do, like you just are always kind of looking for that affirmation. um, And so getting asked to be a part of this book was really, really huge. Like it meant a lot to me to be asked to be a part of it. This is a really interesting
2: question to to me because Light of the Jedi came out when I was full-time freelancing for for reasons that were not related to COVID. And I needed the work with Den of Geek reviewing Star Wars books, although it wasn't and has never been the majority of my income. Um, So there where I was approaching it as a critic at the time. And now it's my era as an author. Um, And as an author, it's been really exciting to, of course, to be working with Star Wars in this way in general, but also to be working in an era that it kind of books first. And uh, it reminds me of how I was such a big fan of the New Jedi Order. And they would occasionally do things like television ads for the New Jedi Order. They would do comics. But the High Republic has is a very different in a lot of ways Uh, one of those is that it has a lot more multimedia connections and a lot more promotion. And I just, you know, if we had had an encyclopedia like this for the books that I was really into when I was a teenager, I would have just been over the moon. And now I, I really am excited to be able to create that for someone else.
0: And Megan, what was it like when you got the, the ask to, you know, join as an author on this project? So I want to change
2: the question a little bit, which is that, um, I was asked actually the one who did the asking. Ah. So, um, I felt, you know, great gratitude and accomplishment and also intimidation when they said yes, but, um, Amy actually gave me a a hand up with this. I had messaged her and asked, how do you, how do you, become a dk author and she asked her editor whether it was okay for me to get in touch with them um and so i did and they had um they gave me a counter question which was are you up to date with the high republic and i said Oh, absolutely. I think I had maybe not read the latest thing or something. Just like, yes, I've written about it for Star dot com. Like, absolutely. Um, it's the kind of question that you you say yes to. And so that's where
0: it went. And then and then the rest is is the book. That's amazing. I I, I love that so much. <laughs> Truly.
1: The power of manifesting and just like asking a question is always like so powerful sometimes. Like, I think we often just forget to to do that outreach and ask that question. And, um, it can lead to amazing things. And obviously both of you getting to work together on this project is so special. Um, what were each of your research processes like for getting the details for the characters that you needed? Cause you both have background with the books obviously. And what was that collaboration like between the two of you as well to try to get what you needed and put it into a compact format?
3: Well, I was really excited when I heard that Megan was the other author on this. Um, I was like, you know, I liked her work, obviously, which is why I, reco- you know, like I, you know, she was an easy person to recommend. Um, and I think that it was like initially just really intimidating because, you know, every single character appears in the higher public for the most part in multiple books, books and comics and manga and, you know, audio dramas and all of that. And so, like, I knew immediately it was going to be very challenging. Uh, DK had asked me to help them figure out the structure of the book and to figure out which characters, especially from phase one and phase two, which would be in the book. That was the most challenging part of the entire book to me. Like when I actually got to like write everything like that was so much easier than trying to you know there were i mean if you're familiar with high republic there's a lot of characters like a lot of a couple characters. at least <laughs> and uh so trying to kind of like wrangle like who everyone was and you know not everyone is in like a very clear category, which is great, because that means it's a very interesting character for the most part. Um, but this book was, um, DK has a variety of character encyclopedias, and this one was fashioned mostly after the the structure of the, um, the Clone Wars character encyclopedia, where there were kind of big categories of people. And then, you know, like the book for the most part flows from chronologically so phase two characters and then phase one and then you get into a little bit of phase three and then there's kind of like jedi survivor young jedi adventures you know and stuff like that um but just kind of trying to figure out like first off like who is everybody like where do they go like what are their relationships and then like how are we going to divvy this up and megan was a dream to work with because she was basically just you know she was ready to go. She was good for any, you know, character, like, you know, there wasn't like, Oh, I don't, I don't read the comics. You know, I don't do this. Like, I only want to do this. Like she was just definitely like ready to go with everything, which, you know, always just makes everything so much easier. But, um, every, like every single entry was challenging, I think because everyone's story was split so much between so many different individual stories.
2: I learned so much from Amy on this book about the layout aspects and I'm really glad to hear you say that my willingness to take on any character was helpful because I almost felt like oh no like should I have more structural thoughts about this like should I have more opinions about which character like I want to be I want to be up for anything so that's good to hear I this because this is my first in uh you know encyclopedia I had never worked even like in terms of counting by spreads before a lot of layout things been familiar to me. So Amy taught me a lot about even like what questions to ask when approaching the The way like the decisions about the layout you make in a book like this Um, in terms of other research processes so I take analog notes Um, I like to write with a notebook um, and I wrote notes on every book I read by character Um, it got easier as I became used to writing the entries and knew which information was most important Um, I got edit notes on a couple things about like focusing on individual characters very closely, even if they were a minor part of a scene or about being sure the order of events and cause and effects events were very clear. And once I got those edit notes, my handwritten notes changed a little bit as I knew what to look for.
0: Mm. I feel like when Brad and I read light of the Jedi, we were big notes, people on the on this podcast um like our 30 page document and i remember us listing just like every single character name that popped up (laughs) so i can imagine that uh you know but we didn't you know pay close attention to every one of those because some of them only pop up once or you know wouldn't necessarily uh have enough information about them to like qualify a sort of entry into to like an encyclopedia type of character but even doing that for just one book because i think that was the only one that we really (laughs) we were like must attach ourselves to everything some information in this um Mm -hmm. i can imagine was a pretty large task
1: i think we started with handwritten notes too i remember reading that and like doing charts and circles with groupings of characters (laughs) and like also figuring out the structure of the nile and those sorts of things like amy you had mentioned like there were every challenge every entry was a challenge for each of you was there any entry that maybe felt very very challenging more so than any of the other ones
3: I think some of the one some of the entries that I love that are in the book and I'm almost I'm pretty sure it was Mike Siglian's idea to include this in the book are the ones that actually aren't characters but are like the pages about Starlight Beacon or the Convocation of the Force and stuff like that and I did the convocation and I when I read that comic like it was like so much cool stuff like so many groups and so many cool characters but it's kind of overwhelming when like all of them are kind of presented right there and so I was really excited to kind of do a deep dive. Like there's so many fun legends things that have now carried over in those kind of groups and characters. I found that one to be just kind of challenging just because there was so much going on. And I thought it was, I really like that comic series. And so I really wanted to, the things that are always challenging for me are the things that I know people really care about <laughs> because I don't want to screw it up. Um, and so like that, you know, I find that kind of, you know, was challenging, but overall, like, you know, The whole idea of a character encyclopedia is just to kind of like be, you know, an easy reference for like, if you want to learn more, if you don't read everything, but you want to know the whole story or just as a reminder, like, I mean, honestly, just like looking at the images and then like, you know, putting faces to names and having it all in one kind of compact thing for me is extremely wonderful. And honestly, like I was already a huge High Republic fan before I did this, but it was amazing to fall in love again with Phase One, which was done when we started working on this, and then to experience Phase Two, where like Megan and I were like, "Give me that book, give me that. I need that book." You know, like I mean, because like, you know, it was the beginning of Phase Two when we started working on it. So we were just trying to get as early, you know, early stuff as as much information as possible because we were kind of experiencing Phase Two as we were writing the book, which is just a very unique. And fun and kind of chaotic way to kind of you know experience that. Like I actually would love to read Phase Two again, just fully like as a fan because like I feel you know it's kind of like Cole Horton when he did the High Republic in timelines. He was you know basically experiencing it and writing it at the same time, and it's just a very kind of odd, you know, way to experience it. But it's also extremely you know it's it's wonderful to be in that position, you know. So I'm not going to complain about it for sure. But it was it was a very unique way to kind of experience the phase two part of the, of this project.
2: Absolutely. Well, like Brad and Sarah, like you were saying that, that fan instinct to make notes and lists and write things down, working on this felt very similar to that, except you just have to turn your camera slightly a little bit and like look for specific angles on things. And then also you are, getting material that is very early which is very exciting and very daunting um I think in terms of difficult pages oh also Amy shout out to the convocation of the force page because it's very cool um I didn't I hadn't seen how the um the characters were labeled when I like before I saw your completed page and it's just very satisfying um I think characters so like Zitar for instance who is a relatively minor Nihil character, but who appears in a lot of critical scenes. He faces off against Avar Chris. He appears in several books and several comics, but like for very brief amounts of time. And I had maybe 50 words to summarize all that. So it was a ton of research for a very small entry. And those things were definitely challenges, fun challenges, but um, the amount of like, I would have five books open in front of me digitally or physically in order to just choose like one verb in a 50 word entry. I
0: <laughs> so believe that. <laughs> With these books.
1: Amy, calling out something that you said too quickly, I, I think that is the best part of these books is that they're, they're sort of for everybody. Like if you're I think sometimes it's hard for people like Sarah and I to really take a step back because we're so lost in the sauce that it's like, how did they do it? How did they only write a couple sentences on Kevin Tarr? They're they're masterful at this. It's amazing. <laughs> but for somebody who's not familiar with that character, like you're getting all those need to know bits and you're distilling it down into like its most important elements um, while still being satisfying for all the fans who want to find their favorite you know, High Republic Lepshito, somewhere in there and, you know, read about them for a couple a couple uh, paragraphs. So again, just like well done to both of you for for getting like kind of encapsulating the entire initiative all into one one book. It's really something incredible.
0: And also, man, these authors have written so many characters. Yeah. <laughs>
3: and we still have <laughs> phase three ongoing. I know. Sometimes I would be like, you know, like, can't we reuse this path character a few more times? You know, like there's a new one, like, you know, every time there's there's just more and more. And I was really like, I think everyone has their favorites, you know, of their big characters and their smaller characters. And I kind of like I love the graphs and the Santecas. I love those two families. I love like the history of them. And so I was trying to like shove as many of those characters in. I'm like, no matter how small they were, I was like, no, 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 they're like, they're fine. Um. But one thing I really love about like, obviously the high Republic is very Jedi centric. Like that's just a big part of it. Um, I, I really was excited to do a lot of the entries in the Republic and the citizens chapter though, because I think that some of the, some of my favorite characters are not Jedi and they're not villains. And they're just like the people who are just kind of like they're, you know, around the galaxy doing their best. And so it was really, really great that this book could give so much real estate. To not only smaller characters that, you know, don't get, aren't going to get like YouTube videos or like, you know, like their own comics and stuff like that, but also just to kind of more of the secondary characters um, who I find, you know, very, very appealing in the books.
0: Yeah, like I love the entry for uh, Joss and Pika Arden. Um I'm on that page. I'm looking at the page right now, but, uh, you know, they, they're kind of secondary in the story, but they also have their own, uh, story throughout the insider fiction, like stuff like that, uh, kind of bringing everything together. If maybe you've missed it, uh, is great to highlight. And they have character art, which I think is so cute. (laughs)
3: Yeah, no, it was always like, you know, we were seeing some of the art that hadn't been released yet was one of the funnest parts of the whole process. It's really exciting in this book to like
0: put some faces to some, some names that I like hadn't even thought that far in that character. Um, and so I love seeing all of the character art that I hadn't seen before. Um, but kind of speaking about layouts and obviously these books are, are created by so many people who work on the graphic design and, and the the layout and uh sourcing all the pictures and those sorts of things as well. Uh were there any particular layouts aside from convocation of the force which is gorgeous and I do also love how all of the the characters are labeled um so you know who is in what faction. Um were there any particular kind of entry or layout or spread that you were uh excited or yeah but the spreads that you were excited for people to see or excited to finally see the end product of yourself.
2: The timelines were a relatively late edition. And so I was definitely excited to see how they would end up on the page because I felt like I wrote them at at light speed, but I knew that they would look very professional and like they're written at a normal speed once they appeared in the book.
1: Timelines are hard too. That Those are like, I, I know Amy had to do it <laughs> once with the timelines book. I know yeah.
3: I, I had actually <laughs> joked with so Matt Jones was the main editor for this book who I worked with several <laughs> times. And he's like, he's a spreadsheet genius. And he just is mm-hmm. so like knowledgeable about Star Wars and loves it so much. And, you know, it was very funny because I think we'd had a timeline joke kind of early on. And he was like, no, because like he worked on timelines <laughs> and we're like, we're not doing that. And then he was like, guess what, Amy? <laughs> you know, like, we're coming back. I'm like, all right. I'm like, I love a good timeline. Um, but I think that, you know, the beauty of some of the layouts is that, like, some of the, I mean, the annotations of character encyclopedias are always hilarious. Like, you know, like, you always want to have some, like, ridiculous things in there. It's it's usually a reference kind of author's only chance to kind of try to insert some weird thing into canon, you know, cause for, you know, you're writing an encyclopedia, you're not making things up new, but you know, sometimes you're just like, Oh, I think it's this kind of, you know, you're wearing this kind of silk Axel Grey Lark. That's, you know, from this legends book, like, let's bring it back, you know, like, and so like, there's fun things to, you know, to do there, but the, the layouts that I enjoyed the most, I think are the ones that are almost like not character specific, but are just kind of the ones at the beginning, like introducing the different sections, and like the ones for like Starlight Beacon that kind of just bring the history of something all together. Uh, and that's something that like I had nothing to do with. And like just purely like the I mean, the designers of DK are just amazing. Like, you know, and I loved I love the colors of the book. It just was so everything was just so spot on for High Republic. I thought I was just really delighted when I saw um, what the layouts were going to look like.
0: Kind of obsessed with the end papers as well. Like this. Oh, I know Lorna. Things. She's so
3: like hilarious. Like every I, I open it up and all I see is Lorna. Oh. <laughs> as you should, as she would like. <laughs> I know. Yeah, as she right.
0: <laughs> 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 But like no detail is passed over in these books by the by the DK team. And I have to always appreciate that about each of these encyclopedias is that they're always informative and they're always gorgeous.
2: There is. I'm sure the answer is yes, but you've seen the egg in the index, right?
0: Yeah, the egg. <laughs> Do not get me started. <laughs>
1: or maybe we should get started. Actually, that, that's a great segue, uh, Megan, to one of our questions. Um, we, we talked about this a little bit at, at New York Comic Con as well, uh, and we have a we have a segment here called Egg Talk, where basically we just talk dive deep into the lore of the leveler and the nameless and all sorts of things that are very wild and speculative. But, um, I know you had mentioned at New near Comic-Con that you got to, uh, write the nameless page and you talked a little bit about it during, uh, the panel and you said it was a technical challenge in a fun way. Um, but you still loved the nameless. And I would just love to hear if you could expand on that a little bit in terms of like what that technical challenge was and like why it still was fun. And also why these creatures who are so fearful and and so unlike anything we've ever seen in Star Wars, like why you have a soft spot for them and have grown fond of them.
2: So as Amy said, annotations are a place for encyclopedia like lore writers to get a little bit creative. So I felt very um very excited to be able to write annotations for the nameless. And what I wanted to do was write things that didn't contradict anything in the books, didn't like didn't invent too much, but that did make them feel a little more like real animals thinking about how do their anatomy work. Um, so that was the technical challenge there. Um, I'm always into monsters. It's one of my favorite things about Star Wars is that there are creatures that are cool and frightening and they fit into their ecology in mysterious science fiction ways. Um, The Nameless remind me a lot of the Voxen from the New Jedi Order. Um, They feed into this fantasy of like knights fighting dragons um, with this twist because they're extra dangerous against force users. Um, In terms of egg talk specifically, there's something so evocative to me about the image of the mother cradling like a little force sapping cat dragon guy. I just think they're very (laughs) cool.
0: And also, I mean, c- c- cuddly, precious baby has never done anything wrong in his life. Mm-hmm. Just no. just a little just a little guy. You just
2: <laughs> need like some good nutrition
0: and so, yeah. regular
2: food. And they'll they'll like flush out a little bit and they'll calm down and they'll be happy <laughs> and they'll be perfect pets. You could have one in an apartment. And...
0: <laughs> Everybody will have a little nameless, you know, just. Uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, I'm sure they're very well behaved somehow. Don't ask me how.
1: <laughs> it's so funny because the nameless are something that when they were first introduced, we were all terrified. And at the end of the rising storm, we were like, okay, wait, we thought the drangier were bad. What the heck is going on here? Uh, and now they've, I think slowly over time, even though they still are very scary, they're taking on that sort of like, like Sarah said that, Oh my, it's my little baby. It's my little baby pet. Um, and I'm thinking recently of the High Republic Adventures cover that had uh, one of the characters from Escape from Valo coming up holding a little tiny uh, nameless baby, and everybody was like drawing fan art of it and being like, you know, ooh, ooh it's so cute. I love it. Um, and I really, I really love that kind of like flip of the switch. Let's go animal rights. For the nameless, for the leveler and Star Wars. And I think that's pretty neat that we're at that point in time.
2: This is a consequence of me not being on Twitter much anymore. So people send me baby nameless fan art. I don't think I've seen this. <laughs> I feel if
0: like I find I, one, I'll send it to you. I feel like I haven't seen as many as I should have. Maybe I should hop back onto the Friends of the Force Twitter account or that that's more a Star Wars timeline than yeah. mine currently. Yeah,
1: you, you find some good things on Twitter every now and then. It's not as frequent anymore, but, you know, you can you can find it. <laughs> Amy, what about you? What do you what do you think about the Nameless? I'd love to get your thoughts on and just what these creatures and uh, kind of the intrigue around them.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I mean, for both the Dream Gear and the Nameless, it's fun to have, you know, threats you know, that aren't people like that are kind of, you know, just like more, not supernatural, but like, you know, that are these kind of monsters. Um, I think it's fun. The um, all the concept art and all of the art that has come out about the nameless is so like extra, like, and I mean that in a very, very like positive way. Like it just kind of really, you know, like the colors and the shapes and like, everything is just so like, you know, dramatic, like, it's just such a, like this crazy kind of like, you know, being that I think it's really great because it kind of sets your imagination, you know, on fire, you know, a lot of the, in the comics, like when they show the Jedi kind of coming in contact with the nameless, like it's beautiful. It's terrifying. It's frightening. It's like just a whole bunch of things, just a whole bunch of emotions. And so I think it's really, you know, it, I think it's an interesting way to kind of like come up with like the what scares the Jedi, you know, which is kind of like the big driving force. Like it's interesting that, you know, so much of, the High Republic is about you know these kind of mysterious creatures. I'm a, I'm always like good for a monster too. So I give them a thumbs up. It's cool. That- I'm 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 gonna give them a thumbs up just because I you know I think that they're cool. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> awesome. We got eight thumbs up here for the nameless. That's that's a record here.
0: <laughs> I also think that it's cool that like even though over time that we've gotten more information about them like with the character art and uh, the the comics and and phase two in general and just the mother's relationship with like and, and planet X, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, even though we've gotten more information about them over time, they still remain quite mysterious. And I think imaginative in the reader's mind. Uh, Cause when we first met them and we first kind of saw the end of the rising storm, I just kind of remember thinking about like, Oh, it's like a blob. Like it's, it's like a too fast. We don't even know what it looks like. It doesn't look like anything. It doesn't have a physical form and then getting the character art. And I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking about this differently, but still have so much to think about. It's been exciting over time to see how the Leveler uh, and the Nameless developed, um, in, sure. at least for the reader's eyes.
2: I really like them as a connection between the two phases.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and like Amy said, the idea of fear. Um, I think it's really cool for a while Star Wars. Uh, I mean, all Star Wars is about hope. And I think it's cool that fear is this sort of like new buzzword and kind of thinking about what that means and what it means to overcome fear. And um, I'm excited as a fan to see how that all plays out in Trials of the Jedi for phase three. And that's going to be so exciting. But even thinking larger beyond the High Republic and into all of Star Wars, um, we've asked authors this question a couple of times, and it's always a fun one. Pick your brains and see what answer you could give. Uh, If you could have a character from any other era sit down and have a conversation with somebody in the High Republic who might be fe- who probably is featured in this book because um, everybody's in here. Uh, who would you choose and what would they talk about?
3: So I thought about this and the first person that I thought of is that I would love for Ray to be able to go into the High Republic era and meet all of these Jedi because she's so like alone and she doesn't know what to do with her you know powers and she doesn't know what a Jedi is and she's got such a small Vision of like, is this what a Jedi is supposed to do? Like, is this the only way you can be a Jedi? Like, and like, that's just where, you know, everything was so narrow minded, you know, like in the later years about like, this is what a Jedi does. Like, they don't do this, they do this. If you do this, then you're kicked out. Um, And I think it would be so wonderful for her, because I love her, to be able to go in the High Republic era and like meet way seekers who were just like, oh no, like, you know, there are these rules, but we don't follow them, you know, like, and just like to see all of the, di- the ways that different Jedi deal with the Force and deal with the Jedi Council and deal with all of that stuff. I, I think that that would be fun for her.
2: So there are two different characters that I would like to see sit in a room with Palpatine. Um, one is on Rowe because I just like when villains clash with each other and they are villains who are very different. How would that go? Um, the other is Geode, because I think Geode could defeat <laughs> Palpatine. <laughs>
1: Oh
0: my god! Uh, To all three of those, yes. Uh, uh, Between both of you and me and Megan, yes, yes, and yes. If I go cry over um, thinking about Rey talking with all the Jedi and seeing kind of how big the world is, don't worry about me. It's good. I'm just having a moment. Um, And also the absolute chaos between uh margie <laughs> on and palpatine like mr chaos and like mr calculated uh sitting in a room and yeah. having like a conversation yeah. about life similar um, goals very different attitudes definitely and also yeah geode the winner of the star war in my opinion so yeah. oh yeah
1: <laughs> I, i'm wondering if geode would be affected by palpatine's lightning like he might he might be an impenetrable <laughs> object who could have <laughs> done a little bit of a better job than Luke because Luke's out there for a couple minutes on the floor getting <laughs> shocked. Uh, so maybe, maybe Geo could have avoided that. It could
0: just like scoot him
1: back ever so slightly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have a couple more fun, silly questions because it's the higher public and we're all ultimately, you know, fans of star Wars and fans of the higher public here. So who are your favorite higher public characters and why? I know, And that's
3: just a mean question Because there's too many <laughs> right. so I'm just going to start off by saying that Mean um, But I, when I say like, I think that for their story arcs Keeve and Vernestra are my favorites um, I can't wait to know more What's going on with them I find them very interesting I loved Orla And I'm still really ticked off that she died uh, But I really just do in general Love the Wayseekers uh, And so I loved Gela and Axel I love them together Uh, And so I loved all of that, you know, from phase two. Um, And Zine just has my heart. Like, I just love, I mean, her and, you know, I just love them. And I like, yeah, I just love them. Love them all. But those are some of the first that come to mind.
2: There really are so many. It's so hard to choose. I really love Avar and Elzar. They are kind of pinnacles of the Jedi in different ways. Avar being this like beacon of light and Elzar being a beacon of angst, maybe. (laughs) Um, And then their dynamic is just really fun for me. I like Marta Rowe a lot um, and I'm beginning to really like Aslan and Aslan is a fun like encyclopedia first character for me. I was introduced to him through research for this book as opposed to just like just as a fan. So he is rapidly becoming a favorite because he is obsessive and mysterious and I like that about him. Um, Also... I totally agree about Vernestra. She's great. Getting to write her entry was one of the high points of this book for me. Um, She has just like, she has a light whip and she's a romantic and one person can't be that cool to have both of those things. It's not fair.
0: She is so cool. it's been awesome to see Vernestra kind of uh like make the jump through different mediums in this story as well um and I yeah, I can't wait to see where her story continues to go because she's so cool. <laughs> I'm also really excited to read more about Avon Steross, who's one of my very favorites uh in uh the upcoming uh y a release, which if ugh, all my titles are jumbled in my brain, but I believe it's out of the shadows um By Justina Ireland and Tessa Gratton. Or uh, Defy the Storm. Defy the Storm?
1: Yes. Wait, the new one? I see. Yes.
0: I see. I don't know my titles anymore. They all jumble together. They're all jumbled. And then phase two, they've got (laughs) like the quest of the quest of thes and or quest for the and I, I've read too many of these. (laughs) I haven't taken enough notes. (laughs) My apologies on my, on my mess up.
1: Megan, I have to call out Aslan Rell he is also a favorite of mine and he was, he was my phase two glove shadow where I was like always talking about Aslan. I'm like, Aslan is the key to all of this. He's so cool. He's so interesting. He keeps popping up. And we, for a while were speculating like, who is the hooded figure with master Yoda? Who is it going to be? Who is it going to be? And when it became Aslan rel in the shadows of starlight comic, we, we both lost our minds. And, um, I think it is so funny that in, in the, character encyclopedia his his whole page is just his young self like he's got yeah <laughs> he's got yeah. this like picture of him and he looks very happy and strong <laughs> and there's like a smaller picture of it him next to him where he is like on the ground writhing in pain like looking at yes. the ground terrified <laughs> and i'm like that is just the juxtaposition and the duality of aslan <laughs> he is a man who He's a good man who bad things have happened to, and I wish him the best. (laughs) (laughs) But he's so intriguing.
2: I feel exactly the same way when you're first introduced to him. His role is kind of subtle. Um, Bad things happened to him at the Battle of Dalna. Some of that, the way that entry is the way it is, is because of timing. Um, But I was really just i felt i was spoiled for choice choosing a quote for aslan because so many of them were very good and i wanted one that was kind of spooky for him so he gets uh yeah he has i, I like his vibes <laughs>
0: yeah the the hallucinations still haunt me it's is is <laughs> yeah aslan <Real> energy <laughs> very much so
1: uh, for each of you, what is your favorite High Republic book or comic? It doesn't have to be the favorite. It can be one of your favorites.
3: Um, I think for me, for the comics, uh, I loved Trail of Shadows. Uh, I thought that that was like a really, really cool miniseries. And I uh, I was very happy to write those characters because I like that's like always been one of my favorites. That was like a standout for phase one. Um, and I really, really love Out of the Shadows. Uh, like I thought that that was such a strong book. I love those characters. Um, I think that, you know, I, I, all of the books are really strong. Like I also really love cataclysm. Like I love quest of the hidden for the hidden city. Like I really have kind of favorites in all of the different, you know, categories, but, um, those are probably my, the ones that, uh, although light of the Jedi is also just like up there because like, it just was the perfect introduction to this world, I think in this era.
2: I really like Path of Deceit. It's the one I've read the most, both for research and as a fan, um, Path of Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. It's a good place to start if you don't mind starting at phase two. Um, it introduces my faves, Yana and Marta Rowe. Similarly, not a good place to start, but the short story, A Closed Fist Has No Claws by Tessa Grattan in the Tales of Light and Life collection is also... It's just, it's just a good story. Like there are some, it absolutely adds to the character. It really connects the two eras in an interesting way. It is also written with such, it sinks into the perspective of the character so strongly. Um, Every once in a while, I'm like, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, you should read this certain Star Wars short story because it is a good story. And A Closed Fist is I think it would be a hard jumping on point, but as I mentioned before, no jumping on point is the wrong one and it's a really good story.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the only wrong jumping on point is like if you choose a character or time period that you just have no interest in. You're yes. like, I'm not going to like this and then you don't, right? And then you don't get into Star Wars books, but any other one is a perfect jumping on point and we are huge, huge fans of that short story. So uh, it, it might be an... Uh, uh, an interesting choice but it's not a wrong choice uh because it is so compelling um yeah i also yeah love that one
1: in trail of shadows i mean daniel giving us a star wars whodunit with like two extremely interesting characters who like kind of clash a little bit at first and um learn to cooperate over time together i think that that is one of my favorites as well amy i i often go back uh, to rereading certain panels and quotes from that all the time because I always can pick something out uh, that I didn't discover initially, so it's just rich, full of stuff.
0: I uh, always go back to the first issue of uh, Trailer Shadows because it, mm-hmm. it starts with a bang. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's,
0: it's like, oh, okay, let's, let's we're doing this. Then
1: that's when you uh, definitely don't want to start with either. <laughs> you just open the first page and it's it's loaded great storms husk. And you're just like, what is this? What did I, <laughs> what did I sign up for? Mm-hmm. This is, this is the star war that I signed up for. Oh boy. Oh
0: boy. <laughs> this is no.
1: not my beautiful star
0: war. <laughs> Compelling. Terrifying.
1: What, whatever right. happened to the Gungan celebration, you know, 25 years ago. I just want that. I want that for once. Not this. Come
0: on. Is there any, you know, upcoming project uh, across all the star wars uh, that you're particularly excited about um and excited to enjoy as a fan
3: well i'm sure you'll be very shocked to hear that i'm excited for the acolyte Uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i think that that probably is the number one thing that i've just been waiting for for years um i did see the trailer for it in the high republic panel in london and i can't wait for that to like you know make make it, you know, around the world, uh, like, so everyone can see it, like, can't wait for that. Um, And then I'm a huge Bad Batch fan. And so I am very excited next month to get going with that. Um, And so I think that those are, you know, uh, I'm excited for everything. Like, I'm a Star Wars sucker. Like, I'm going to find the good in every Star Wars thing. Like, just because that's just, you know, who I am, like, I'm very, very capable of blocking out All kinds of stuff that I don't like to find like the part that I do like just because I love a good Star Wars story so
1: that that's the right attitude to have like seek joy, find the positive and whatever, even if it's not your favorite thing, there's always a silver lining in there somewhere that you can be like, I love that thing. And you just always like you know, like you're like,
3: Oh, I'm not sure, I'm not really interested. And there's like a Wookiee and you're like, (laughs) Yeah, there's a Wookiee, there's more Wookiee lore. You know, I mean like I'm I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to Star (laughs) Wars story.
1: You sound a lot like Sarah here with the Wookiees, I, especially. I have
0: a small Wookiee shrine behind where yeah. I'm okay. sitting here. This is my all Wookiees.
1: <laughs> Sarah was already on board with the Acolyte, but when that Wookiee walked out on stage with Leslie oh, yeah. Headland. Sarah Gang was like, over. oh, I'm and
3: in. Like, I'm in. Crying, I'm even
1: more crying. in We're so bad. Can
3: I be an investor in this TV show? Like, anyway.
2: <laughs> so I'm also definitely excited for the Acolyte. I'm excited to see what Leslie Headland does with Star Wars. Um, I'm watching the big the bad batch with a friend who is a big fan um but i was rewarded recently by the new trailer uh showing ventress whom i love so i'm really excited to see how she ends up in this this final season
0: and she looks so cool I was like, "Oh, this look is fascinating! I love it! I'm so ready for it!" So I, it's it's coming out of my birthday. So everybody, we're throwing a big party with for the Bat Batch, uh, <laughs> and I'm- it's everywhere with everyone. Everybody's invited. <laughs>
1: Well, te- tech isn't invited, but you know that's, that's... no, no,
0: no. Stop! He's first on the invite list. I'm sending it know. to the uni- I'm sending it to the universe, and he will respond. Maybe he will pop out of a cake on your birthday. And be like, I'm alive. Husband,
3: <laughs> I asked my husband if he. My husband was watching The Bad Batch, and he was trying to get caught up before London because he came to London with me, and then it ended up like I was doing, I think, a signing, and he ended up in the Bad Batch panel. And I was like, dude, you haven't watched the end of like the last few episodes of season two. Like, I don't know if you want to go in that panel. He's like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like, <laughs> he obviously, you know, got spoiled for it. And when I told him that I was like, did you see that the Bad Batch, you know, trailer came out? He was just like, it's back in it. Like, it's just so funny. I was just like, He's I was so like real it's probably married, you know, like this. <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> oh, so excited. Our last question here to wrap up, which we ask every guest, and Amy, we've asked probably you this a couple of times, and um, the cool thing is it, is it might have changed uh, since the last time we asked, what does Star Wars mean to each of you, personally, professionally? Um, how has it affected your lives?
2: Well, it's funny because personal and professional are so melded together when it comes to Star Wars specifically. And that's related to kind of what I how I feel about this, which is like at, at the risk of... Doubling down on a rogue one pun Star Wars is about aspiration. Um, it's about the nobility of aspiration, like Luke's drive to become a Jedi, or it's about the grim consequences of aspiration, like the story of Screecher's Reach in the uh animated series, which was one of my favorite Star Wars stories to come out in the last five years, probably. just an incredible short animated story. And all of that is sort of about. Who do you want to become? What will you do in service of becoming that person? And that's a theme that I think resonates with me uh in Star Wars, no matter what changes about it. and of course, it also just means fun. you know, like lightsabers are cool. On the one hand, I have these very like I have these thematic thoughts about it. On the other hand, I just like a good monster and a good laser sword.
3: Yeah. And I I always feel like that, you know, the core of a good Star Wars story is a group of people coming together who choose to find hope in the midst of, you know, vast darkness. Like they have no reason to hope, but they pull together and they kind of become, you know, in many times in many of my favorite stories, like a good found family and they choose hope. And I think that that was one thing that kind of appealed to me as a kid. Like, I think I was having kind of like a not great year at school Like, you know, like when I was very young, when I saw Return of the Jedi and that's kind of like it made me I found that inspiring. And it was kind of like I feel like I've always in my life kind of turned to Star Wars stories when I'm feeling down, um, like to kind of as a pick me up. And I have found just as a fan, just like bonding with other fans at Celebration, other places. And then, you know, being lucky enough to be able to write professionally about Star Wars, like the other people who write all Star Wars, but especially nonfiction Star Wars, like they're all really nice people. And I become friends with a whole bunch of them. And it really is kind of your core, you know, community. It can be, you know, your kind of core community outside of your kind of, you know, location-based, you know, community or your, your, you know, your actual family. And so I think that like, to me, it's just been kind of a constant throughout my entire life. I mean, I married someone who loves Star Wars, you know, like. Yes. And so, you know. The
2: friends I've making. Like the friends I made through the Star Wars community are, you know, our our true friends. And um, with this, with the character encyclopedia, um, you, you guys who were at the panel at New York Comic Con, the Lucasfilm Publishing panel, probably remember this. One of the coolest things there for me was Claudia Gray saying that she plans on using the encyclopedia to, like, as reference when writing like Star Wars fiction in the future and that being able to give back to the fans and to the authors who have really given me a lot of joy and a lot of much needed escapism. And also these like real world connections and real world opportunities and friends was just, I couldn't have asked for more from, from that moment, you know,
1: Star Wars is so much better when you can enjoy it with other people. And I think uh, as somebody who came into the fandom post last Jedi and kind of miss some of those earlier years, um, getting to see how many people have such a large passion for it, uh, unlike anything I could have ever thought of. And I'm, I'm glad that you've both had such a unique journey with it and now get to, um, play a part in this new era of star Wars and this continued era of star Wars that so many people do cherish. So I uh, thank you for giving us the character encyclopedia. Uh, it, it means a lot to us. And, um, thank you for taking the time to come on the show and talk about it and talk about your journeys as well. So, uh, before we wrap up for each of you, where can folks find you online, especially now that Twitter is, uh, it's like a building with a gas leak, uh, <laughs> where are you at and what do you have coming out in the works that you, uh, can promote and talk about?
3: I'm on like every single social media thing just as my name, Amy Recow, but like I don't use any of them as much as I used to. Like I go through like I'll use Twitter like regularly for a couple of weeks and then I'll like, no, I'm gonna use threads. And then I'm like, no, I'll use Instagram. And so, you know, I'm around. I'm not in any kind of like very specific uh place though. I think it is just a little bit more kind of decentralized, which is too bad. But um, you know, like kind of like the reality uh that we're in. Uh and the one thing that I know that I can talk about is that uh later this year, I think in August. Um, I got to write most of the facts for the National Geographic book, uh Weird but true, um, Star Wars kind of version of the Weird But True series, which was amazing because I mean National Geographic is like huge. I mean, like it's as big as Star Wars, really, like in my mind. And so, like, it's the first kind of collaboration between those two kind of giants. Uh, and I got to work with a whole bunch of Really amazing um, people at National Geographic, including a woman who uh, Michelle Harris, who had uh, written a lot of the weird but true books, and kind of like helped me out with like you know like the very kind of specific style, you know, and how to how to make that Star Wars. Uh, and so that was really really uh, an amazing experience. And I'm very exci- and I worked on it quite a long time ago because you know the, the graphic designers, it's a very very kind of graphic book, and so I'm really really happy that that will be out in the world later this year. That sounds really
1: interesting. That explains the National Geographic logo in that near Comic-Con uh, PowerPoint oh, know. that I Mike Siglin was, was, like, like, yeah. you know. was like, how did that get in here? So now we know. <laughs> what about you, Megan?
2: So I am... I think I've actually become increasingly centralized as social media has changed. I'm pretty much only active on blue sky. My name is full of words. I check my Twitter like once a month at this point. So you might see me there now and then, but if you actually want to engage with me, uh, blue sky is really the way to do it.
1: Well, thank you both. I'm very excited for uh, all the stuff that you might have coming up here And uh, thank you again for taking the time out of your day. So uh, until next time, may the force be with each of you. Thank you so much for listening to this interview with Amy Rickow and Megan Krause. And a huge thank you to DK for help putting it together, uh, as well as sending us a review copy of the book. And once again, the High Republic Character Encyclopedia is now out on bookshelves. If you want to hear more from us, especially if you are a High Republic fan, we talk many, many hours about this era of Star Wars. We've talked over 50 at least thus far. Um, So make sure to be following us on all of our socials uh, and the podcast platform of your choice so that the upcoming books, which we will be discussing, uh, drop into your feed, as well as any potential author interviews that we do um, in and around the High Republic. Uh, It's going to be a very special time this year with all of the books and uh, TV shows, in fact, coming out. So stay tuned. Ah.
0: Yes, and we are also so grateful to our patrons. Uh, We have a Patreon where Tears Start at Just a Dollar. They help keep the lights on here at Friends of the Force and uh, help make sure that we can have a domain and uh, have microphones that sound okay. We are very, very appreciative to our patrons. They are AJ, Ben, Brian, Cheryl Clay, David, Deborah. Emma, Jennifer, Katie, Knights of Ren, Leanne, Logan, Lucy, Lindsay, Matthew, Rob, Saber Bouquet, Santa, Talkers, Stephen, Tom, Travis, and our newest patron, Ruth. Thank you all so, so much for your support. And thank you to everybody, all the High Republic fans, listen to this episode. For light and life, my friends.
1: For light and life. Uh, Thank you all once again for listening. And until next time, may the force be with you always.
0: Bye.